The NFL playoffs are almost here. The regular fantasy football season is almost over. But that doesn't mean the best ball season is over because maybe the greatest best ball game in existence, playoff best ball for the NFL is here. And before we dive into tons of drafts and start really hammering teams out and picking players that we love, teams that we love for the NFL playoffs, we need to figure out our strategy, where we're going to get an edge, and how we're going to take down these playoff best ball tournaments on Underdog Fantasy. I know that many, many people are probably still sweating the regular season best ball teams, the regular season fantasy football championships, but playoff best ball will be here in just a couple of weeks. Before we know it, the NFL playoffs will be here. And so we got to keep moving along to the next best ball season never stops 24 7 365 and i am excited to start to talk through the playoff best ball stuff because um a as josh says let's go baby hit that like i am i am also pumped i've really started hitting the playoff best ball drafts recently and starting to really formulate some ways some strategies that i think we can use to win Again, specifically on Underdog, we will get to the other sites um, at a later date, maybe tomorrow, maybe the beginning of next week. We will we will be hitting every single possible tournament you can play from a strategic sense with shows and with content on Spike Week. If you have not signed up for Underdog, A, what are you doing? But you see in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, if you use promo code SPIKE at Underdog, you get 100% deposit, deposit bonus up to $100. So maybe you didn't dive into some best ball regular season teams you you know you just hadn't heard about it or you weren't ready to dive into the best ball mania streets or anything like that playoff best ball is such a fun crazy strategic game i highly recommend it go ahead and sign up however with playoff best ball i think it's really really important to be really thoughtful about your strategy and that's why we're having this show here today because it is such a different game, I think even myself will get caught up not totally understanding as I complete my drafts. It's things that even the sharpest best ball players, not myself, even the sharpest best ball players out there on the planet, know inherently the rules, the details, how you might go about winning these playoff best ball tournaments. But when you get into a draft, it is far more difficult to implement successful strategies in playoff best ball in that draft room than it is in a regular season best ball draft. Think about a regular season best ball draft. You draft in June, July, whatever. If you, you know, you wanted to stack the Bengals, you got Jamar Chase, you're waiting on Joe Burrow, you don't get Joe Burrow. Are you maybe disappointed? Sure. Is your team really that much drastically different? Not really. You can probably, if you really want to have a stack on that team, you can find another stack that's available. And really, even if you don't have specific stacks, it's okay in the regular season best ball. Maybe not perfect, but your team is just as live as any other team, even when things don't fall together for you in that draft. In playoff best ball, this format is so unique and so specific that 
some of these things we're going to talk about today are like of extreme hyper importance, way more so than any other format. You almost truly almost can't totally screw up a regular season draft in really any sport, you know, assuming you set some kind of positional limits. So where you don't take eight quarterbacks, you really can't screw it up in the playoff in playoff best ball. You could screw up the team three picks in. You could draft teams that are absolutely paying the rake, that are punting off your $5 or $25. And it's actually pretty easy to draft teams that are totally drawing dead right off the jump. So before we get into it, this I totally agree with. Kind of what I was talking about, Lundar says, it took a while to get my brain into kind of the playoff best ball mindset. My first few drafts were hideous. That is one thing before we start to dive into some of the specifics. Maybe even more so than regular season best ball, I think reps are going to be very important for most people. Um, so I love that sites like Underdog, who we're talking about today, have a $5 tournament out there. So anyone can get, you know, uh, don't don't go get Starbucks that morning. Don't go get your coffee. Don't have McDonald's for lunch, right? As uh, I believe Josh Norris says, skip the guac at lunch. Take your $5 and you can put it into these tournaments and get a few reps in and you'll see what we're talking about here as to, as Paul says, these drafts are very unforgiving. Unforgiving is the perfect word. You can go from a team that you loved to a team that is completely stone cold, dead, buried very, very quickly. If things don't go, if things don't go your way. Um, First, before we, get into any super, you know, specific details. I want to, um, whoops. Well, I have what I would call the the five key points and they're probably not what you, what you would think that the five key points to underdog playoff best ball strategy. I'm not going to sit here and like bore you with here's what stacking is. And here's what roster construction is. If you would like to get, some specifics on, you know, what is stacking? Why is stacking important? We have, uh, shortly after this, I have our top stacks for playoff best ball tournaments coming out on Spike Week. We already have our core picks and our rankings for playoff best ball, both out on Spike Week, both completely free. So go to spikeweek.com if you want to get, you know, some general rankings, right? And our rankings are definitely very different than the ADP. You'll see that once you pull those up. You'll see our top, you know, our core players that were really honed in on drafting, and you'll see top stacks. You're going to see, you know, if you really want that player specific stuff or some general guidelines on stacking, we have that for you in written form. But I don't want to kind of do the generic. Here's how you stack, and here, you know, you need to you need to have this many running backs and this many wide receivers because I don't think that that's super helpful actually in this in this format. In the regular, again, it's so different in the regular season format. You know, we do want to talk. Do we take two quarterbacks or do we take three? Do we take two tight ends or do we take, or do we take one tight end, right? Do we, how do we construct our team in terms of how many positions, right? Do I need to stack? Do I not need to stack? This game is so drastically different. This is much more so of a futures betting market that we, act, that we, happen to use players as the chess pieces involved instead of, you know, like a betting slip. It's just so different that I, I don't want to go into those cookie cutter roster construction um, ideas. So when we first start and we say, what is like, 
what is this format? What is playoff best ball? We've kind of talked about it a little bit, right? But in a in a super nutshell, very oversimplified, you draft teams of players, the goal being to advance each step of the actual NFL playoffs, just like you would in your regular season best ball playoffs. So you got to win your um, you know, you got to win your fantasy football league to make the playoffs, right? Well, we've already entered the playoffs. I play against the other five people in my draft on underdog. The drafts are six person drafts. I need to beat either all five of the other teams in my draft or four of the other teams in my draft, depending upon the contest, which we will get to that. We will get to that. I need to beat either four or five of the other people in my six person group to advance to the next round. But Different than your regular season, right? I carry all my players over, assuming they're not injured. <sighs> Shout out Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. Assuming they're not injured, I carry all my players over into the second round of the playoffs. I have my team still, right? But in the playoffs, teams get knocked out in the wild card round, right? You draft Buccaneers players this year. I'll use them because they stink. You draft the Buccaneers this year, and they get knocked out by whoever, San Francisco or something in the first round. Those players, you don't get to replace them. There's no waiver wire. Chris Godwin's on your team for the rest of this tournament, whether he plays one game or he makes the Super Bowl. So obviously what you need to do is find this blend of the dream, right, is to have you know as many players as possible once we had continued to advance into the Super Bowl, right? This whole tournament ends in the Super Bowl. We keep advancing until we get to that Super Bowl round. And we're playing against all these other teams that advanced each round. Got to keep winning and keep winning until we get to that Super Bowl. Then that's where all the money is. The Super Bowl is the week 17 of the playoffs. All You know, you can make a few bucks before you reach that final round. But where you're actually going to make any substantial money is by getting a team to the Super Bowl and performing well in that Super Bowl. So you'll hear tons of conversations about how important, right, your lineup having, your lineup being live in the Super Bowl. Now, you draft 10 players on underdog, but you only need to fill five roster spots, right? So a quarterback, uh, and we'll probably pull this up in a second, a quarterback, uh, a running back, two wide receivers, and a flex, right? I can actually go ahead and pull that up right away. If we go to the underdog lobby, gosh dang it. Darn stream yard, not quite cooperating. If we go to the underdog lobby and I click on mitten two, right? Again, you will see there's four rounds, the fourth being the championship, the Super Bowl, draft size of six, 10, 10 draft rounds. So we draft 10 players. We draft 10 players. But if you look here, obviously no one is going to be complaining about you know turning five dollars into three hundred dollars. That's amazing. That's awesome. But if you really want to get, you know, we're playing. The whole reason we're playing this is because, look, there's 50,000, 25,000, 15,000, 10,000, right? We want to be getting into, want to give ourselves the best shot as possible at taking home the big bucks, right? That's why we're playing it. So you see here the schedule. You see here the scoring. You see here the roster. One quarterback, one running back, tight ends and wide receivers are the same thing. So Travis Kelsey versus Justin Jefferson, no difference. I need two of them and I need a flex to fill out my starting lineup. Five players will not make my starting lineup each, each time, each week, each round. So theoretically, the whole goal 
is to keep advancing through this insane contest against other teams who probably have some similar players to you because they advanced, right? There's not that many awesome scores in a, a playoff round. You keep advancing against other advancing teams. And then what's even the most important is you reach the final round, the Super Bowl, and you need to have a team that can win. You need to think about tons of different things, but the most important element is I better have five guys that can score, that can fill out my lineup in that Super Bowl. That's the bare minimum, right, in terms of strategic analysis for these tournaments. So that kind of covers, generally speaking, the playoff best ball format. Of course, if you have questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. I am going to go really quickly back to our little handy-dandy playoff best ball. The second thing to piggyback on what the format is, you see it says the contest details they're very different the it's generally just the advancement structure and what i mean by that is how many teams out of the group that you're in in each playoff round advance and it's also mostly the first round where that is changed sometimes underdog will launch tournaments where there's you again they don't change the amount of rounds they don't change anything Except the advancement structure and maybe the pay, you know, the, the payout structure, the pay scale. But they will change it from, and this is huge, right? You're doubling the amount of teams that can advance and really making it much more easy to get out of the first round. But they will take you from one out of six teams in your group advance to the second round to two out of six advance in the second round. The other thing that this will often do is create a larger final group in the Super Bowl. The more people that advance each round, the more people are going to make the Super Bowl if they don't make the pools bigger in the second and the third round. So you get two elements of the contest detail, details that become very important when we, whether we are drafting in a one out of six advance in the first round or a two out of six advance in the first round. So when you go to pick one of these tournaments to start drafting and make sure you understand those details, it's generally just that the format doesn't change. Like I said, scoring doesn't change, right? Your roster doesn't change. None of that. The players positions don't change. None of that changes, but the details about how many advance from each round are critical in how you draft. We'll get into a lot of the specifics beneath as to maybe some ways that you can manipulate those things. But the very first, like super high level, not a total catch-all, but we'll call it a catch-all close enough, is the easier it is to advance, the kind of riskier and crazier I can be. Now, you're going to have, you're going to lose teams by taking a riskier route, but we don't make any money in this until we advance at least multiple rounds. And typically, like I said, to the finals, you need to make the finals to eat, to turn even your $5 into anything you care about. And what I would say is, oh, okay, hundred dollars, you know, turning five dollars into a hundred dollars is different for every single person. Some people may not care about that. Some people that may be huge for them. The problem is if if turning five dollars into a hundred dollars is a big deal for you, I don't think that this is the game. This is the way you should be putting your five dollars in to hope to turn into a hundred. I mean, there's really no good ways to do that. Period. But if you're relying upon 
you know, doubling your money, this is not doubling your money, even tripling your money. This is probably not the format for you. Of course, no one, we don't, no one's setting out to lose money, but you need this contest, this format specifically, you have to play to win, to finish high. You have, you have to, there's at best only 33% advance from that first round. Those 33% that advance still really don't make money. Sometimes you'll just get your money back advancing out of that first round. Then there's 11% rake, right? Meaning 11% goes to underdog of the price pool of the, the entry fees, not of the price pool of the entry fees goes to underdog. So you absolutely need to advance to make any sort of, any sort of money even just profit, right? Even just profit. And so you have to play to win these things. That's what it's very important that we, we get that out there. And when we talked about the format, when we talked about the contest details, it is very important. So when people will say, I got a comment on Twitter that someone said, um, people are might be playing it too risky. There is, of course, different ways to approach the one versus six advance and the two versus six advance. But I don't want to say there it's it's not possible to play it too risky, but I think most people probably default to the play, not playing it risky enough. If I were to guess uh, the manner in which the field plays, they care too much about advancing out of that first round and not enough about where your actual value lies, where where your potential actual ROI comes from. And it's basically from making the Super Bowl. Right. And then your real EV comes in for making the Super Bowl with a, a unique high leverage team, which again, we'll get to some of that here in a little bit. Quick, uh, some good comments. Johnny Football says uh, practice on the $5 and then tackle the higher limits. Yeah, you also can just stick to the $5. I agree. If you want to move up to the gauntlet or something like that, gauntlet is the underdog $25 playoff best ball tournament. And uh, the mitten, which we were just looking at, is a $5 playoff best ball tournament. But yes, I, I would recommend before you start to get into the gauntlet, I would recommend uh, tackling some $5 drafts. Two, other Eric, always so many Eric's. It's It has died down a little bit during the season. Some less Eric's that are, uh, that are watching. Shout out to the Eric gang. But uh, Eric says, in underdog, I think you can blow your draft taking too many bye week guys. You definitely can't. I mean, there, there's really... No way around that. You if you take even if you take five bye week players, you that means the only the five other guys are the only guys you can count their score in the first round, right? And we'll get to the bye week thing here in just a second. But you can easily blow it, but you can also easily completely blow the entire playoff setting if you just say I'm not I'm not going to take those bye week guys because. Right. The first I got to get out of the first round. It doesn't matter. You know, I'll just play for last year's Super Bowl. Right. Wildcard teams. That's a, that is, of course, a path. But what if the Chiefs get the bye and the Eagles get the bye and they play in the Super Bowl? You better have five of them on your team at, at you know, a minimum of four, depending upon how many other people have them. Right. It, there's this. This is the thing about this format to the very top bullet point that is so fascinating. If you have to figure out a way to blend the highest possible probability Super Bowls with some more off the beaten path 
possible Super Bowls, kind of like we saw last year, and balance all these things and see what the best way to win the tournament is. Not even just, right? It's not about just advancing. It's not even about just making the Super Bowl. It's about how do I win this tournament? And there's always going to be a, you know, a push and pull, a push and pull, or as GA says, uh, Peter Overzet said, you know, four Eagles would be a tough needle to thread. Well, of course it would. Of course it's a tough needle to thread. You just put 40% of your roster you're not going to use in the first round, and you got to beat five other teams to get there. Total, totally agree. However, if we reach the Super Bowl, and again, it's Eagles-Chiefs, and they both get the bye, you know, you got you to gotta try to thread some needles Right. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to not worry about the Super Bowl of the bye week. I mean, you, you can. That is a strategy. One I actually like a lot of the times, which we'll get to. But you also have to be cognizant of the fact that you are writing off the most the, the highest probability Super Bowl and saying, well, not cover, not not going to draft any teams for this outcome, even though it is the highest probability. Now, what we'll, again, we'll get to in these next couple bullet points if you if you believe that your opponents are doing that too much then the best way to win the tournament could be could be going elsewhere but that's the thing those are the things that we need to figure out right in regular season best ball we're figuring out you know is this guy overpriced is this guy underpriced how many running backs should i take right we're figuring out all these different things in this it is so so drastically different we really need to understand what our opponents are are building for what scenarios are they building for because it's all a scenario based situation right it's we have to nail a parlay of nfl futures within the construct of it being 10 players if that makes sense i need multiple of these teams to keep advancing and then like even last year you could have got knocked out without gabe davis you could have had a bengals rams team that covered you in the super bowl that was really plus ev but Gabe Davis knocked you out right with the four touchdown game. There's all these crazy elements to this, to this game around that, that are so, so, so fascinating. Um, before I move on, I will say, uh, Rob asks, do you think it's imperative to get one of Hertz, Allen, Mahomes, Dak, or Purdy? No, I don't. Um, I think generally speaking, those would be the five quarterbacks. I am, uh, Oh no, you're missing burrow. So, Burrow is in that for me for sure. But I would say if I put Burrow on this list, those six quarterbacks are the ones I feel personally project well individually, kind of outside of Purdy, are and are on the teams that we want to place our chips on the most in terms of advancing throughout the playoffs and also in terms of making the Super Bowl. So I think generally speaking, yeah, you'll see most of my teams with those six guys, but it doesn't always work that way, right? Um, and maybe we'll fire up a draft at the end here in, in 20 minutes or so, 15 minutes. But it just, these drafts are so funny. It doesn't always work that way, right? Plus, I will say, I think that Herbert and the Chargers are pretty undervalued. Um, This year in particular, he's a pretty good backstop quarterback, and I don't think it's totally crazy you know, if you want to do Lamar Cousins type stuff, um, I don't feel very good about them. I don't really want to be taking them, but you know, you know what I mean? But that that's kind of part of the point is you can't just like, you, we'll see it when we do some of the drafts. The quarterback thing is very, is very, very fascinating. And we will discuss some of that. The third, the third bullet point that you see here 
is maybe the most important is maybe the most important thing. Yeah, this is such a this is such a good point. This is kind of how I feel about Herbert a little bit this year. Paul says Burrow was an afterthought this time last year. And now some people are calling him, you know, the, the best young quarterback in the in the in the NFL. It's kind of funny. But this time last year, if you would have said, I'm just drafting right the highest probability quarterbacks, I'm just taking Mahomes and Allen. I think it was Dak at the time, Rogers, right? If I'm just basing my decisions off that probability of who I think the best, you know, best teams slash best quarterbacks are to advance, Joe Burrow was not making your list. Matthew Stafford was not that high on that list. It was a little, the NFC was kind of weak. So Rams got a little bit more steam. The Bengals were not expensive in these drafts. And anybody could have got Bengals, Rams stacks together for the Super Bowl. It was just getting it there. That was the issue. And nobody saw that coming. So again, we'll get to uh, a lot of these different things and some of these bullet points. Get comfortable. This is like my favorite thing in like all of <laughs> fantasy sports, not just. Uh, it's definitely that way in DFS. It's definitely that way in regular season best ball, but in playoff best ball more than anything, probably more than any other form of fantasy football. If you are not comfortable being uncomfortable with your teams, this is probably not the game for you. There's too much chaos and you have to be willing. Every single draft has to be willing to build something that you probably think is ridiculous <laughs> you probably think is you don't enjoy clicking um here's a good example piggybacking off the qb thing yesterday in the discord if you have not joined the spike week discord it is a community of thousands of absurd sicko amazing best ball players who are constantly talking strategy right now obviously lots of talk about the best ball finals but tons of playoff best ball strategy talk goes 365 days a year. It's completely free, and there's a link down in the description below to join the Discord. There was an awesome conversation about quarterbacks in playoff best ball yesterday. I think it was yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, something like that. The Blazer days are blending together. And it was actually around Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy is on a team that, for me, is personally my favorite team to target in all, in all of the playoff best ball the san francisco 49ers their skill position players are incredible i think i think in my opinion they're the best team right now i'm not saying they've been the bet they've performed the best or been the best nfc team all season my personal opinion they are the best team in the nfc right now the defense is the best defense in the nfc the offense is just about right there with the eagles definitely with the cowboys i think they're extremely undervalued however you have the fact that Brock Purdy, while being the quarterback of that team, is not a quarterback in fantasy that we're just plugging in and feeling like he's going to get me through by himself, even if the team wins. Is he going to get me through three rounds of this when I got to beat, you know, not in every round because there's obviously two teams that will get a bye. But I got to beat Josh Allen. I got to beat Patrick Mahomes. I got to beat Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson's going to make the playoffs. You know, I got to beat all these guys. Can Purdy hang in there, right? Score 20? Sure. But it is uncomfortable to click Brock Purdy as your only quarterback, right? But the, the benefit is such that 
if Purdy can hang in there and you can continue to advance, right? You don't have to beat in the first round. You really only got to beat a couple of big quarterbacks. So people worried about the early round advance rate in the first round of Brock Purdy, even in the contest where it's one out of six advance, there's going to be two superstar quarterbacks on by in that first round, right? So now you just got to beat, let's just, I, I keep saying that the Chiefs are going to get the bye. You know, I probably shouldn't do that. But let's just say, for example, we'll use what I said earlier, that the Eagles and the Chiefs get the bye. Now you you, just, you have Burrow and Josh Allen as the other like elite fantasy quarterbacks that you have to fade with Brock Purdy. So that's only two teams... That's only two teams in your in your group, right? The other two teams are at a disadvantage because they took Hertz and they took Mahomes. So they 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 took another quarterback, which either that quarterback isn't better than Purdy, or you know, relatively speaking, or they took, you know, they had to use more draft capital on a quarterback position, and you have them beat at running back wide receiver flex, right? So really all you're doing is hoping that Brock Purdy can hang in there with the big guns in that first round. And then in the second round, it, it becomes crazy because we don't really know what the teams are going to look like in those those follow-up rounds, right? If nobody goes nuts, Brock Purdy could be the chalkiest quarterback in the second round. We don't know. We don't know that teams are going to get through those bi-week quarterbacks, right? If Jalen Hurts gets the bye and you can't sneak him in, right? You just don't have the pieces around him to sneak him into the second round. We don't know what the second round is going to look like. And so we... We will focus in with this Brock Purdy specific situation. This is one of one example of many others that are very similar to this in this format. And it is, I don't feel good about Brock Purdy being my only quarterback. So I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I might, I might take him with Dak Prescott. And these are not unreasonable things. Uh, this is not me saying you cannot do this. I, I have done it. I have taken another quarterback with Brock Purdy. I want to try these different structures out. But if your whole idea is I have to safeguard myself so that I feel comfy at each position, so that I feel comfy about how things are going to play out for me, you're probably not going to win. You can't safeguard yourself from all of the uncomfortable feelings in playoff best ball and win. You just can't. And so the next point is it, it, piggybacking on that. If you think that your team feels you drafted 10 players and you said, boom, nailed it. Let me post this on Twitter. Everybody's going to love it. Your That team probably sucks. Hate to tell you, if you love it, it's because as it, we as humans see and think through this lens of what is most likely, what do we like the most? And then the outcome happens and we're like, Oop, just ran bad. Whoever could have seen that coming when what we should do is not, not think about every single possible scenario that could play out, but think about the unlikely things. If you are just building for the, the Eagles chief Super Bowl, and it's a little different because of the bye week right? But if you're just building the same Eagles and chief Super Bowl teams, drafting all the guys who get drafted in every draft, doing the same shit that everybody else is doing in this, in this format, playing for the same high probability outcomes. You see so much within this, you know, if you think your team is perfect, every playoff best ball spreadsheet article, everything I've seen, 
references almost nothing except for playoff odds and Super Bowl odds, right? This team is the third, has the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. That's great. It makes for good content. Trust me, as a content creator, it's going to be discussed. But that's not really the point of the game that we're playing because all that shit is priced in. If if those were edges, like, the, uh, Jesus, we would all just max every one of these contests. If the market couldn't figure out who the Super Bowl favorites are, it's priced in to ADP. Everybody knows that the Eagles have the best record, right? Everybody knows that the Chiefs and the Bill. You're not sneaking anything by anyone by saying, oh, well, I'm just going to build for the highest probability Super Bowl. Now, again, bye week caveat is necessary in that conversation. But if you if you think like, oh, look, I got the two Super Bowl favorites. You know, I got a perfectly balanced roster. Maybe I got two quarterbacks. So, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen at quarterback. I'm safeguarded everywhere, and I got the favorite Super Bowl matchup probably not going to work out like that that is just how playoff football really works and so this this idea of being uncomfortable and being comfortable being uncomfortable is like maybe the most important thing all this stuff all this shit is way 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 more important than we could sit here and do the you know how many running backs should you draft should, you know, how many wide receivers should you draft how many players should you include in your stack Frankly, a lot of that is all draft dependent. And so we get to that final point. This is how are you going to win this tournament? Like specifically, how are you going to win this tournament? Right? Think about it. This is this is the thing about the uncomfortable stuff. You either you, you have to there there needs to be a story coming together when you draft that team that says, here's what happens and how this team, how this team wins it all. And it's not just how that how people will often frame that through. Here's how these two teams, I'm going to get these two teams to play in the Super Bowl. And sometimes that is it, right? If you're planning for a Vikings Chargers Super Bowl and you're saying, you know, the comp th that Super Bowl combination is underowned, which it probably is for being honest. That Super Bowl combination is underowned relative to its potential to be the actual Super Bowl. Or or just for those teams to advance further, right? Maybe one of them makes the Super Bowl and I'm going to, and the Vikings win two games, right? So I have my 49ers and Chargers and Vikings combos on a team. Very unique. You can, you can easily draft kind of just the best players from those individual teams and say, this is how I'm actually going to win the tournament because this is going to play out in a way that very few of my opponents are drafting for, right? The result of the playoffs is something that is underowned by my by my opponents. And thus, if it plays out, I have, you know, outsized gains coming for me in my teams that drafted for that situation. And all you had to do was nail that situation. Right. It's that's what I will say I do personally prefer. There's not one size fits all, you know, draft strategy in these. But personally, what I prefer is looking for last year's Bengals Rams. I don't want to draft the same shit that everybody is drafting. I want to draft these different matchups, right? I'm drafting. So I actually think the 49ers are very undervalued, even though CMC goes third. I think the 49ers, giving away the giving away my uh, uh, real hot take, right? 49ers. But I think the, the 49ers are very under-owned. So a huge part of my current draft strategy is really trying to draft 
combinations of 49ers with about any scenario that can play out. I got Chargers with them. I got Ravens with them. You know, I, I got we got Jags late in the late in drafts with these guys. Obviously, there's tons of Bengals with them, Chiefs, Bills, whatever. But I believe that I want to as a part of my strategy and how I'm actually going to win is that the 49ers are undervalued. Christian McCaffrey is my 101 number first overall player in these drafts for me personally. You, again, you can find the rankings. They are posted for free on spikeweek.com. I am going to shove in my chips, right? X amount of my chips in the mitten to, to how do I win this tournament? Be right about the 49ers because I'm going to have every other combination covered. Now, I don't, I'm not even saying that that is the right way to do it, but I, I'm starting with how do I win this tournament? I'm not starting with who do I think makes the Super Bowl. I'm not starting with who do I think is, is you know, how many bye week players can I draft on a team? Start with how are you actually going to win this tournament, right? What is going, what is going to give you an edge over what your opponents are doing? Is it, it could be a, an individual team stack. It could be an individual roster construction, right? It could be a lot of different things. It could be those bye week guys. And I, I do want to talk about this really quickly, and then and then we'll hit some of the comments, and then we'll hop in a draft to kind of close it out. The bye week stuff, I think, is fascinating. The bye the 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 bye week teams could be. I don't think they are yet necessarily, because all of the top. Um, all of the the bye week quarterbacks, you know, go really early. Although Hertz is starting to fall, so we'll start to maybe we'll see that as an edge shortly. But there there probably becomes a tipping point, which this does happen frequently in NFL playoff best ball over the cycle of the contest. That it starts out before we actually know who the bye week quarterbacks are. That you know, Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, AJ Brown, Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, they all go you know in the first round. Right. They all go in the first round and they're the best picks. And you can tell yourself the story of we don't know who's getting the buy yet. So I can just still keep drafting them in the first round. Then the buys get locked in. Right. Maybe this week. Certainly, obviously, in two weeks. Maybe something happens. Right. We can tell ourselves the story. Something happened. I drafted Josh Allen 101 and the Bills did not end up getting the buy. Now I feel I feel great. But the flip side also happens where it starts to become obvious or it becomes a lock that a team gets a buy and everybody feels uncomfortable. I do too <laughs> drafting bye week players, right? Because I have to beat five other teams in the first round. How do I beat them when I'm literally giving away by guaranteeing myself zeros in the first round. That's something that's uncomfortable for everyone. So in turn, there becomes a, excuse me, a tipping point where despite the fact that I'm like what GA said, four Eagles on a team is a really tough needle to thread. There becomes a tipping point where that's still the, that, that becomes the best way to win this tournament. You say, give me my Hertz, right? AJB, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard team. I'm going to load up on my other six guys. Maybe they're all AFC, right, on the other side. And I'm going to, please God, Gabe Davis one time, right? Like, get, do the four-touchdown thing again. Are you most likely going to lose that team? Yeah, you are most likely going to lose that team anyway. Every team you draft is most likely to lose. It has a one out of six chance of making it. 
you know, maybe some of them have a little bit higher. Generally speaking, through randomness, you have a one out of six chance of advancing. So can't be afraid to think these things through and do like the, like I said, I'm personally just going ham on the Niners right, right now. That's my own specific strategy, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily the correct one. And I will, if it keeps going how I think it's going to keep going, I will probably be pivoting right to different teams. I think the chargers are going to be very high on my list here to start getting every combination of chargers. Right. And then maybe it's the bye weeks. Maybe the Eagles get the bye and now they become the team I want to start to get overweight on. Right. Obviously, it's fluid during while we're drafting during the season, during the season that last week heading into the playoffs. It won't be fluid. Obviously, everything will be locked in. And that's when we can really hone in on what our final strategy is. But it all goes back to the how are you actually going to win the tournament? How are you going to win the tournament within the constructs of what is the format, right? Is it one out of six advance or two out of six advance? And then how am I going to go about attacking this tournament to win it? Not to advance, not to advance two rounds, to get first out of whatever, 50,000 people. How am I going to do that? Because it's very hard. Even if you nail the Super Bowl, like here's the here's the worst, not this is being dramatic the worst thing that can happen it's definitely not the worst but you actually get team a team or teams multiple through to the final round and it's just a, the stone chalk you know matchup adp fell together for all these guys everybody was on it right everybody loves the bills and everybody loves the cowboys or whatever bills cowboys in the super bowl and you just have a duped team you're just duped a million times Everybody has Josh Allen, Gabe Pollard, Schultz, and Devin Singletary. I'm just making stuff up, right? Everybody has those are your five guys in the Super Bowl. Everybody has it. You have you are literally drawing dead, even though you made the Super Bowl. So how do you win it? Right? And the the last little thing that, that can be is talks about this also in the Discord is it can be figuring out ways to get unique within the chalk right now this is not that is in my opinion typically not the easiest path to winning the tournament but it doesn't mean i should full on and avoid it right so finding differentiators as your last round pick ninth round pick even eighth round pick within those your bills stacks or cowboy stacks the cow bills are a little bit tougher but like khalil shakir started playing more this week right who knows? Something happens to Devin Singletary. Maybe Naheem Hines finally gets a role. No one's rooting for these things. But instead of taking that Bucks player, who's not really – he probably won't even help you advance, maybe, but he's definitely not going to help you win the tournament. Their team is just not good enough. Take your Naheem Hines. Take your here's, – here's, here's one of my favorite ones that I've been drafting, which makes me really sick to my stomach. Take your T.Y. Hilton. Right, take that guy. Take um, on the Bengals. Take Samaje Pirine. What if something happens to Joe Mixon? Their Super Bowl odds don't change if Joe Mixon gets hurt. Pirine was just as good as Mixon when he played. Right, Eli Mitchell. What if Eli Mitchell comes back and now see if CMC gets hurt? The the Forty Nine ers playoff odds really will get hurt. But what if Eli Mitchell comes back and has a real role? You know, twelve carries a game or something like that. Maybe he gets some goal line work. 
I'm not expecting that. That's not my expectation. That's why I have CMC one as my first overall player. But yeah, Rob says it, it, two more examples. Um, you know, could they brought Cole Beasley has been active in playing for the Bills lately. Maybe he's the one. You know, he's they they want that uh, that guy getting up to speed. Yeah, yeah. I said T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he in his first game on two days of practice, he had 52 receiving yards and and uh, could have had another big play if the defense didn't hold him. And all they do keep saying is uh, he's going to keep getting more work and more work and more work. And he doesn't even get drafted in these drafts on a team that everybody loves the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys are are everybody's favorite NFC team. And he's he, he, he might end up being the absolute wide receiver three for the Cowboys with downfield with a downfield threat. Like people draft MVS people draft whatever like uh there's tons of guys that get drafted that really i don't i don't see the difference and that's the point if you're barfing literally i am so happy that this we're having this conversation now if you're barfing about drafting ty hilton in the 10th round on teams where he makes sense of course you don't this isn't regular season best ball you don't just draft the guy because of that guy but on the teams where right I need another NFC guy. I need another cowboy. Those could both be true, right? I need something. Don't just take the guy at the top of the ADP list who makes you feel the best, right? It sounds absurd to say take T.Y. Hilton over Chris Godwin, but I would bet the majority of the times that it even is possibly a discussion for most people, right? when they will even consider the fact of being that un- uncomfortable, then they're just still going to go to the comfort side. And this is, this is totally fine. But this is, Kadari- Kadarius Tony is another great example. Now he, he goes higher. He's not as quite, quite as off the board, but I agree. Kadarius Tony is the chief's version of this, but again, I'm, I'm using T Y Hilton just cause he was fresh on the, the top of my mind. But th- this is, uh, Terrence, I love you, but it, this is this is actually the point. Kadarius Tony is a is a a chess piece on teams where Kadarius Tony is needed. You don't just take the random one guys, right? How do you win this? How are you going to win this tournament? If I don't have any other Chiefs, and I don't have a team where Kadarius Tony makes sense, you know, maybe I my main stack is only th- is is three NFC guys, and with Kadarius Tony as my last round pick there's no way for him to really help me. Right. I can't, there's no Super Bowl matchup. There's there, you know, there's nothing where Kadarius Tony fits in. Then I'm not going to take Kadarius Tony, right. It has to all go back to that idea of, I need to be able to, to not only fill out that Super Bowl lineup, right. Which means I need to have five players and fill all of the positions, but I also need it to be a team that can win. How am I actually going to win the tournament? I don't win. I, you you don't win shit in this format with like a this individual player, right? You win it through this crazy gauntlet that you have to. Speaking of gauntlet, no pun intended. The, through this crazy gauntlet that you have to make your way through, and it's mostly team focused, right? So each team has one of those. Not necessarily every team, but I totally agree on Kadarius Tony. But again, it's not. And it's not one or the other. It's on, on, and and I'm not saying you have to like T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Noah Brown goes in a, in more drafts. If you prefer Noah Brown, take Noah Brown. Same difference, you know. Uh, but those are those are the types of names, right? And now 
Those can help you. You should use those guys. That's a lever you should pull in, in playoff tournaments, but it isn't always right. It's at that point we draft Kadarius Tony. We need uh, you know, Kadarius Tony to actually get on the field now somehow, even though McCall Hardman is coming back, we need Kadarius Tony to get on the field, right? We need T.Y. Hilton, the corpse of T.Y. Hilton, to get on the field more, right? We need Cole Beasley at whatever 30 million years old that he is after not playing for whatever to get on the field a little bit more. And then we need to make the finals. And then we need him to put up a score at low ownership that climbs me to the top. Clearly, that is far more difficult to achieve than a little bit more off the beaten path Super Bowl. So it doesn't mean we should never use that route. It doesn't mean we should never pull that lever. You should pull it all the time. But if you're relying solely upon that, well, I'm just going to drop the Eagles and the Bills and you know I'll figure crazy stuff out at the end. I think that that is typically not going to be your best strategy. Um, this is a fair question. Now, okay, we went through all that. I'm going to hop in a draft here in a second, but I want to hit some of these questions. Kenny asks, what about the Giants or the Ravens wide receivers? Giants are a little bit tough for me because I think that their odds are really, really long. Um, but your point your point uh, here is true. Anyone or just about anyone facing the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings can lose to anybody. So the Giants could be that team. I, I think that that's interesting. I think that We'll be discussing that uh, quite a bit more when we have a little bit more clarity. Um, I'm not, but you can take shots at the teams who might be facing them, right? Giants, Washington, et cetera. And I think that that's, that's, that's reasonable. Um, I do prefer to the part of your question, I don't know about Ravens wide receivers. I really like J.K. Dobbins for this question. Um, the Ravens are in the playoffs, basically, I believe it's, uh, let me just double check that it's a lock. I do. I do forget frequently of a, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Um, not a super exciting team. Fantasy wise, the offense has been terrible. Obviously Lamar has been banged up. We'll see what's up with Lamar. But if we assume Lamar comes back, can the Ravens, Lamar Dobbins, Mark Andrews, these dusty wide receivers, but a pretty good defense, could they win a game? Could they win two? I think so. So I, I kind of like the Ravens a little bit. Um, but again, those are guys that I'm cycling through. Like you said, um, he's the type of guy that kills you one way or another. I hate the variance, but I take him or Palmer as insurance. Um, I assume Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, again, Palmer fits on teams that Palmer fits on, right? If I have my charger stack, I absolutely draft Josh Palmer as like, okay, this team has built for a charger Super Bowl. Josh Palmer can be a last round piece, you know, or a late round piece. That's critical for that, right? I'm not taking T.Y. Hilton over Josh Palmer on those teams. I'm not, I'm not even taking Kadarius Tony over Josh Palmer on those teams because I need Josh Palmer to be successful given the, uh, team that I've built way more than I need Canarius Stoney. And so it's just kind of, again, kind of all about using these players as chess pieces to lead you through this gauntlet. And it's, it's so much, it's not so much more about the team that they play for, but it is so much about the team that they play for. Yeah. This is a very fair comment from Johnny footballs. Wait, the Ravens have wide receivers. Um, 
I mean, to be to at least be fair to to the point about the Ravens wide receivers, Demarcus Robinson has been low key like not bad for fantasy. You have to expect you'll be better with if Lamar comes back. Um, I mean, we're sitting here talking about uh, a Chiefs wide receiver who plays like three snaps and hasn't had a healthy hamstring in two years, and we're talking about a wide receiver who hasn't played in a year and is thirty three or whatever. Like, I don't. I don't see how we can talk shit on Demarcus Robinson um, if we're talking about some of these some of these other guys. Uh, cool on 2K asks, good question. Are you going five NFC and five AFC, or is that too much? I feel like in this format, you need to be extreme. You definitely need to be extreme. Good question. I know we – I kind of kicked it off with, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about exactly how many players to take from here, but this is a, a legit good question because I, I'm – so, A, I don't want to be rigid – to any of this you a you have to be flexible in your draft and we'll probably see this when we do a draft here in a second (laughs) the drafts as paul said at the top are unforgiving you don't you don't get to set out and say i'm going to draft this amount of teams from this conference or this amount of players from this conference this amount of players from this team whatever you don't really get to do that because a a lot of times the adp doesn't fall that way the draft the, the first draft i did this morning i set i set out to stack the 49ers I'm, I'm aligned perfectly. Actually, I was going to reach a little bit for Brock Purdy and someone else took him. <laughs> someone else took him. Now I got these three 49ers and I was set to, you know, I had a set plan going into it. Draft didn't give it to me. So now you got to pivot. I think I pivoted to Chargers or something like that on that team. Now you got to pivot. But that, right? So then I pivot. I, I get Herbert, Mike Williams. You know, I'm probably going to get another charge, Josh Palmer. Right, you can take Gerald Everett, even though he uh, clearly has disappeared. You know, Keenan, I think, was gone. Keenan Allen was gone by this point. Austin Nickler was gone by this point. Right, but you adapt, and so sometimes it's going to be uh, very, very different than other times. I think the biggest thing is is more so about okay, how many do I need on kind of the main team that I'm stacking, and then how do I, based on that then how do I play out the rest of my lineup, right? I think, again, generally speaking, it does not have to be this way. I like to have the four guys, including the quarterback, on my main team, right? So using that 49ers example, I take CMC, I take Kittle and Ayuk and Purdy. So now what's also really nice about that is I have my running back position covered and my quarterback position covered on the team. I'm, I've placed my chips on the 49ers, right? Based on this team that I drafted, the 49ers got to make the Super Bowl. And what, like I said, what's awesome about them is I can cover the quarterback and the running back. You, you technically can cover, you know, both wide receiver positions too. So I'm, I'm probably only going to draft the, if I have it my way, I'm only going to draft those four players from the NFC. See, San Francisco is leading me to the promised land on the NFC side. Now, by doing that, I get kind of this, extre- I, I get this extreme but extreme flexibility on the AFC side. Again, if I if I could pick like just one, if I could only build teams in one exact way, I still believe that it would be that like four from say the NFC with three different pairs of two players on the other side from three different teams. So what that does is it allow, it gives me outs to gives me multiple outs, right? To finding the Gabe Davis game. If you just draft, right, if I draft five 49ers and five Chargers, 
I'm setting up for the Super Bowl, great. Right? If that's the Super Bowl, sure. And we want to play for that Super Bowl, but we, we have to, as, as was mentioned in the comment before, we have to thread this needle. And it doesn't have to be, I'm all in literally only on two teams. I get a lot of those benefits through something like a 4-2-2, two, 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 right? Four 49ers, two Bills, two Chargers, two Ravens. Now I have three different win conditions, right? Obviously the 49ers have to be one, but now I have three of the playoff teams in the AFC, likely with some of their good players. A couple of them are lower probability, right? Chargers and Ravens are a little lower. Prob- they're my Bengals of last year. And then I have the chalkier option, right? I don't have Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen on that team, but maybe I have Gabe or I have Singletary or Cook or the the losers at the back of the draft, like we talked about with Crowder and Beasley and you know Dawson Knox, right? There's a cycling through those is a is what I think I prefer. Now you can also do that with like four three three. You could four four two, right? And so that's why I don't like to make it like cookie cutter like that. And again, every draft is going to be different. I can say I want four two two two, but you know I take X player. And I think I'm going to take another player from his team, but it, once I get to the seventh round, it doesn't make sense for me to do that anymore. You know, oh, and sometimes, sometimes maybe you want to, you do want to have that second quarterback with, with a Brock Purdy, right? Something like that, that changes up your roster construction. And so hopefully that helped. I think it's, it's very difficult to kind of describe that whole element because people want, not you, cool on 2k who asked the question i think it is it's just hard to to like give like you want to have that tell me how many right right it's one thing to be like tell me how many quarterbacks and running backs and stuff to draft which the answer is there's definitely not a rule for that i don't even want to like dive into that because it it's it's way more about the teams that you draft right and the conferences that you draft than it is about positions other than quarterback but people want to be like so how, but how many on my main stack do I draft? It's like, well, could be three. You know, I think you probably always want three, I would say, but like three, four, five, six. I think there's, there's different ways that it's viable in lots of different, you know, ways to construct it. And then I mentioned like the four, two, 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 you could do four, three, one, one, one. You could do four, Two, two, one, one, right? Because as long as you have four on one side and one from that opponent on the other, you can fill out a Super Bowl roster. Is it probably exactly what you were hoping for in a Super Bowl roster? Not necessarily, but you can still do it in smart ways where you're creating some of those unique combinations. And so it's such a, it, it, it's, it's such a, a fun conversation, but you can see it takes a, like a lot of different, thoughts to iron out because it is none of this there there there's really no right or wrong answer the the only wrong answer is drafting a team that is that has no chance to win right you drafted no way to have five players live in the super bowl or you drafted no way to have five players live in the first round those kinds of things those are about the only ways to go wrong right Technically, even if I just said, I'm just only going to take Burrow and Chase from the Bengals, and then I'm going to get three 49ers and three, what technically 
that's that's okay. I think it's a tougher way to win, but technically it's it's not wrong, you know. And I think we we don't want to be talking about right or wrong, other than as long as you're you know you're not the guy paying paying the rake. Um, let's see, Johnny Footballs. I just disagree with how they literally don't even try to get Lamar any elite wide receivers. Amen to that. We see, uh, we see uh, what what happens when you rely only upon Rashad Bateman. Uh, Johnny also says, "I like taking Josh Kelly." Yeah, another awesome example. I like taking Josh Kelly as a late round flyer on my Charger stacks, especially if I get sniped on Eckler. But also because it looked like Eckler got hurt on his last snap. You never know. The only counter I would say with these ones is. So, like, I like the P. Ryan one a lot better than the Josh Kelly one, and it actually doesn't have anything to do with those specific, um, like, players or teams or whatever. I guess it kind of does. If we remove the – so, the win condition on Josh Kelly is Eckler being hurt, basically. Not totally. You know, he he plays a little bit if you luck box a touchdown. That's good. But to really win with him, Eckler needs to get hurt. The problem with that win condition is that if Eckler gets hurt, that's really bad for the Chargers. Really, really bad. So you've now created a situation where you, in order for that player to be valuable, you need to hurt the team that you're you're drafting, right? And you don't want to hurt the teams that you're drafting for. You want the teams that you're drafting for to win and be at their best. And I do think the Chargers are are really coming on strong down the stretch they're getting healthier their defense is playing better they're second in dvoa over like the last month on defense you know if they get bosa back etc um i'm pretty excited about the chargers but i don't think you want to go out of your way to build for situations that are actively hurting the stack that you're building if that uh if that makes sense and then before we hop in a draft paul says as we mentioned in the discord these contests are the largest they've been so we don't know exactly what will work yet exactly that's why <laughs> You know, I spent a lot of time probably saying what some people might think is, you know, a lot of nothing, but that's actually the point. The point is you may have something that is totally viable, can absolutely win this thing that is different than how I'm going to approach them. And that's good, actually, because this game is not solved. If you wanted to say, I'm going to, you know, hunt a bunch of one offs as long as I, you know, I'm going to lots of five, one, 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 one teams. If you wanted to say that that's how you're going to do it, I'm not going to argue with you. It's not how I'm building my teams, but I think that it's, I think it's totally fine. And so we don't know what works in these, but we can identify ways to think about the contest and ways to come up with the strategies that we want to implement and test them and try them out. We only get to do it once a year and uh, it's probably not going to work, but that's okay. The fun, the fun is in the journey, right? That's what we tell ourselves when we uh, run bad in uh, in best ball. All right, I'm hopping in a mitten too. Needs five. Need five people to uh, fill this mitten. Let me zoom. Johnny says, seeing how in the Super Bowl you'll only be using one QB score and one RB score, I think it's smart to be heavier on one elite QB with a stack, one elite RB, and bringing it back with all alpha. Well, shit, yeah, show me that. Show me how you can get that. <laughs> I agree. That sounds awesome. I would love to have a bunch of teams that have the, the best 
quarterback, the best running back, and alpha wide receivers. How <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm down for that. I, I need to send my. Uh, I did. Uh, I think this only has my four way too early. I did four. You see, um, which if you've not, if you're not using the um, browser extension, uh, playoff best ball is uh, going to be probably the best time. Probably the best time to use it. You can see your exposure to um, individual players. Obviously, you can see your exposure to stacks with said player and exposure to um, teams with that player, right? So once you draft Josh Allen, you can see, okay, on my Josh Allen teams, how much exposure do I have to all of these other players in real time as you draft? I should have sent, I've got like 15 um, mitten twos um, on the books so far. I, sh- I forgot to send those. Uh, I forgot to send those too, but uh, yeah, the tool is killer this overlay and you just you get it by being a, a spike week subscriber 20 $24.98 a month and you can get a, obviously you get access to all the other tools draft IQ sweat IQ ADP tools premium content rankings all that different stuff comes with the subscription but when we're in the heart of drafting season like I can't draft without this overlay anymore and it all comes through the premium browser extension uh, and there's again there's a link to spike week premium in the description as well all right Looks like you guys stole my uh, CMC 101 here. That's not great. And Jesus Christ. Um, this is literally the opposite of where I want to be. Let me think about this. I am going to do the Bills do not get the buy. We're going to do a, a Bills. No, no buy for the Bills. Paul setting up the Cowboys. I'm oh, sorry, I won't try to give away everybody's. Uh, what the hell just happened? Mouse just broke. Um, if I set up for, all right, we're gonna try it. We're gonna try an Eagles team. I sat here the whole time being like, I love the 49ers. And I'm kind of, I yesterday I was talking about that. I kind of don't love the Eagles, but I want to, uh, I still want to see uh, what an Eagles team looks like. Holy shit. Uh, Josh Dobbs is starting for the Titans tonight. Not Malik Willis. Literally just got that news as we're talking. Oh, a hundred percent. The worst of stream. Not only because they're really like kind of chaotic generally, like God, I couldn't agree more with this. Terrence says the playoff drafts are, are the worst to stream. And it's it's two part. They're so chaotic, it's like kind of you know, you're you're trying to follow what other people are doing while while talking. But then <laughs> you really do have to kind of think hard sometimes about like what this picking fifth, I, I would take Jamar Chase. Picking fifth. If Jamar Chase were there, I would have taken him. So now I'm pressed with what, which route do I go? And then same thing on the next pick. Like, well, I don't really want Travis Kelsey. You know, I have Justin Jefferson a lot lower than market. Those kinds of things. Like, now what do I do that I took this bill? Um, and then, you know, it's very difficult to do the thinking on the spot. with the, See, and then I want Devonta Smith. He goes. 
So no, no Devonta Smith, no. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna build a little eagle stack with Diggs on the other side. Take miles. Okay. Gonna have eagles. Bills are not getting the buy. We said so. We're gonna go Gabe here. Got miles, so I am probably gonna need another quarterback and another running back with the Eagles. Um, if you wanted to play it out and say, look, the Eagles are not a lock for the buy, it is only 95%. <laughs> You're like, well, it's only 95%. So technically I could draft the solo Hertz team. I think 95% is a high enough <laughs> probability to assume that they're going to get it. And so I'm going to build as though they get the buy. But like I said, I am also building as though the bills do not. They're only 40, only, only 46%. Um, the Chiefs should fairly easily win. Uh, definitely this week should should kind of easily win out. And then um, like the Bills get the Bengals this week. And uh, I've talked about how high I am on the Bengals. So yeah, this is also a good point. If you are watching this, you know, multiple days after it goes, or you have been drafting already, Hertz is really falling. And so I was thinking about this this morning. I hadn't being uh, I hadn't been drafting like any Eagles almost and definitely not hurts. And so it just so happens that now he's falling. Like he, it was the top three were, was Allen Mahomes hurts. CMC went fourth. Now you kind of see CMC CMC's already passed hurts in ADP, but then he kind of goes all over the board a little bit more. People want him. Um, and and hurts is hurts is falling. I think both with the injury, and so by the time you know anybody watches this, that's not watching it live, you may see a very different ADP for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, this is a great point by Paul. Journey being able to push Burrow to round four. Burrow typically goes in round two, anywhere kind of all over round two. You know, depending again, depending upon the kind of room you're in, right? You'll get in rooms where some people are just strictly focused on the correlation and all that, and then you'll get in rooms. That are the opposite. But yeah, that's pretty sweet. If I if I had not see, and so here's what Joe Burrow is my favorite quarterback to draft in all in all in all these drafts. He's he's our core pick on spikeweek.com at at quarterback. But like I took Stefan Diggs in the first round. I didn't want to then make my primary stack an AFC stack, right? So now you go, okay, well, let's do the Hertz thing. I have my bills. I'm going to put Singletary on there. Cousins is interesting. I, I'm going to take Singletary though. See, and so here, I think Singletary was just the best choice. But it doesn't fit. I mentioned that my probably my preference right would be four, two, two, two. But a, I can't stick to that when Travis Etienne, Paul. I love it. Uh, I can't stick to that when, you know, the the draft that I'm in doesn't play itself out that way. Where is uh... – see, the AFC is just brutal right here, man. Here's what we're going to do. Minor pivot. Bill's – Bills are going to be on one side. Eagles 
and probably 49ers on the other side. They're sticking to those three teams on this team, I think. <laughs> yeah, Tra- Travis says when the uh, recreational players take a third quarterback, it's so tilting. You really sometimes I get pissed when they take a second. Nonetheless, a third is like good lord. Yeah, Kenny says with only one team advancing round one, picking the right player for round one is is so important. It is, but it's also completely impossible. You know, so you know it's it's one of those things that like you know is a thing. You know it matters, but you can't predict it at all. So uh, I don't know if you guys uh, like play DFS baseball or or do any any anything with with baseball. I always think of this example when like uh, we talk about these kinds of things. It's like BVP, batter versus pitcher, right? I think any human being with a brain knows that certain hitters are going to hit better off of certain pitchers. The problem is there is no data. There's no way that we can predict when we know that to be true. You may think, right, this guy has, this guy's batting 500 off of this pitcher with four home runs. He owns him. He owns him. It's like, you don't know that. You think you know that, but that's not really how data works. You don't know that. And so it's one of these where it's like, we know, I know that BBP is real. I know that I need to hit on guys in round one that go off, but I know that I can't predict it. You know, I don't know who it's going to be. So you just draft and pray, <laughs> draft and pray. Okalani says, do you think it's worth it to do a super stack with the Bills and take the risk they don't get the buy? feel like if the Chiefs lock down the buy, a lot of teams will be dead two ways. Uh, yes, 100%. If I were building Bills teams right now, I would be building for them not to get the buy. It, do you maybe donate some money? Like, they're like a coin flip to get it, so it's certainly possible that they get it and you you lose that money right? with like solo Josh Allen teams or whatever. But can't you know, no risk it, no biscuit, baby. You either are going to ship everything or lose those dollars. Guess what? I said this earlier. You were probably going to lose those dollars anyway. If you don't want to lose them, don't play this contest. If you want to play the contest, play it to win. All right. Let me think about this now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, so look at all these bills. You see, obviously, the bills are highlighted because I have bills on here. Um, yeah, apparently, I'm just really going to be smashing a ton of bills here. I, I I really want Dawson Knox. So we're flipping this into just a god-awful team that I don't really like. I was hoping somehow we'd get a little purdy action here. But what we're going to try to do is backdoor... Uh, an Eagles Bills Super Bowl. <laughs> I love that Jimmy G is. Uh, what we're going to try to do is backdoor an Eagles Bills Super Bowl, and we're going to use Trevor Lawrence to do so. So we take Lawrence. Lawrence is going to be my first round quarterback, or my, yeah, first round, you know, of the NFL playoffs quarterback. And play for you know obviously the Jags need but they don't technically need to win that game I know that this team is willing to punt off two spots right but I'm punting off those two spots to get um you know I'm, I'm a little annoyed with the, the Kittle pick now but that's how it goes right this I, I'm kind of happy that this draft happened because it has not gone how I would want 
the draft to go, but you can see like, even when you make, maybe you make mistakes or when the draft doesn't fall to you appropriately, you can still build a way that gives you a chance to win the tournament. Right. I said, look, this draft has not gone really kind of how I wanted it. So we took digs and we said, the bills aren't going to get the buy. Then we took Hertz and we said, okay, the Eagles are going to get the buy, but it's Eagles bills, Super Bowl. How do I get an Eagles bill, Super Bowl team through? Right. Well, Kittle, Kittle's one of the higher upside guys, you know, that you can take in in his range. All of the Bills have high upside. Now what do I do? Now what do I do to get that team through? Right. Well, obviously I need another quarterback. If Lawrence is going to go nuts, I'm going to need another Jags wide receiver. Then I have that 10th pick, probably another Eagle, but we'll see once it gets here. Yeah, see, this this is what I'm telling you. You, you took Dawson Knox over Tyreek. That can never be right. I'm sorry. My brain won't allow such things. I don't think that this format is for you then. If you can't take Dawson Knox over Tyreek Hill, I don't even care about Tyreek Hill on this team. Why would I ever take Tyreek Hill on this team? There's no reason. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the perfect example of, God damn, I guess I got it. Zay or Ingram. I have not been faced with this decision yet. You know what? We're going to take Evan Ingram. There's a fun one. Um, yeah. You, you, this is not regular season best ball. We'll talk about it in a second once I can. I don't know. All right. And then we're going to get a long Quez touchdown in the championship round to close out the, the Eagle Six. Like right there, I, took, I just took Quez over Dalton Schultz and J.K. Dobbins and Kadarius Tony. It's like, because that that is that is what requires that team to win this tournament, right? A as uh, as Kalani says, Miami's not a lock to make the playoffs, and uh, they're in, they're really in a lot of trouble actually uh, with 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 Tua with Tua. Uh, right, I already have Kittle, but that was because I was trying to set up 49ers. This is I'm glad this is such a good conversation. Tyreek, I, I need the Bills to make the Super Bowl, and. I did at that point only had two Eagles. So I need, I, I needed bills. I have bet on the, on the bills. I took Kittle because my plan was to actually try to use Purdy as my second quarterback and may, and, and, or maybe see if Ayuk would fall to me. Neither of those things happened. So you have to react on the fly. And I said, all right, now, instead of going for the 49ers right this this kind of awkward 49ers Eagles NFC championship against the Bills you just press you you know you press your bet on on the Bills like the uh the 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 one off like the the one off player where he just looks better than the other player again you don't make any money really doing it that way you know what i mean you might have a slightly better chance of advancing but hey like i said the dolphins are are kind of in trouble uh, to make the playoffs. Let me see what the current odds are. They are only 59% to even make the playoffs, and I don't believe that is probably accounting for uh, old Tua being out. Meanwhile, the teams that I stacked, are the Eagles are 22% to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are 20% to win the Super Bowl, right? I tried to I tried to mix in the 49ers. It didn't work. That's okay. But you don't, you don't then say, oh, well, I took Kittle, so I might as well now just deviate from my plan even even further this is another great point that piggybacks on 
on this. ADP is completely useless in this if the Super Bowl is Ravens and Cowboys. Those are the only teams that matter, and none of those players are in the top six picks. 100%. Tyreek projects better this week than Dawson Knox. Of course. And if we were playing a one-week game, I would never, ever, 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 ever take Dawson Knox over over Tyreek Hill. If we're playing a, a regular season best ball, this is not regular season best ball. This is I'm trying to get myself the Super Bowl matchup and this path to this Super Bowl matchup. I mixed in I mixed in Kittle because I thought I could get cute, right? Because I took the Eagles. Because I took the Eagles, I wanted to see if I could, okay, now let's build in my other 49ers because the 49ers are also a really high probability probability advancing team. Right? Versus the Dolphins are not even all that high probability of a make the playoffs team. <laughs> And if they lose this week, they'll be a dog to make the playoffs. So um, Knox is definitely not available in the last round of these these drafts. I don't know what his AD, his average ADP is. I can look really quick. Um, I just recommend doing some some of these drafts, Terrence. That's that's what I'll. We don't got to keep laboring the point, but uh, Knox's ADP is forty seven. Knox's ADP is forty seven. Um, it's uh. Let's see. Brent said, I don't like the number one pick. I had to take CMC. Everyone's going Allen. Well, here, I'll, I'll share my uh, just uh, like exposures and such to show you uh, how I feel about old uh, CMC. Where is the so 14? I lied. 14 mitten two teams. Um, I guess I can just do exposure because it includes the way too early wild card. I have 40 uh, CMC Schultz. See, so this is kind of where you're seeing what I was saying earlier before play out for my teams taking tons of CMC just about every time I can get my hands on them. You don't see a lot of Hertz or Josh Allen or Mahomes up here in my, in my quarterbacks, you see Herbert and burrow. So on the AFC side, I've been placing a lot of bets on the chargers and Bengals. Obviously I have a, a little bit more chargers cause they're a little bit easier to get, but then you see 49ers, right? McCaffrey, Kittle, uh, Ayuk up here. There's Josh Palmer, right? Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is a good one, a late-round guy for, um, Jesus, the Bengals. Quez, uh, you know, got Quez back there. Tony, Juwan Jennings from the Niners, right? You need a last-round guy from the Niners. Take that, um, et cetera, et cetera. CM, lots of CMC miles. There's P. Ryan. Right, Singletary, Eckler, kind of as you as you would expect, but um, I have been hammering CMC anytime I can take them. Maybe that will change if ADP changes, but as of right now, it's kind of my uh, it's kind of my my plan. Shout out Brent, and uh, I like this. I'll be inter- I'm really going to be lobby CDQ says I have over forty percent Mahomes. I'm really fascinated to see how the whole. Uh, how the whole thing plays out with those quarterbacks, right? I mean, we'll know a lot more Monday night, assuming that the Chiefs win. We'll know a lot more about the Mahomes versus Allen thing in the, in the AFC. And next week, when we do another one of these shows, it'll be probably a different conversation. But um, I like this. I like I like the stance. I really like the stance. Um, God, this went longer than this. We can talk about playoff best ball. For, it, it's it's like. You think it'd be so simple? It's like, oh, hey, dummy, just get to the Super Bowl. You think it'd be so simple? My lord, 
this was supposed to be like basic getting started into playoff best ball. And we're just spending an hour and a half talking about it. But I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, we'll be back tonight. Pivoting back away from the playoff best ball stuff. I promise tons more. We're going to have drafter shows. We're going to have DraftKings shows. We're going to have, uh, I got an art, another article coming up here soon. I got an article from Silas coming out here uh, this afternoon. We're, we got rankings out, right? We're going to have top stacks and core picks and some different roster construction ideas, similar to what we talked about here today. Some ways to build maybe some unique rosters, tons and tons and tons of different playoff best ball content, both on YouTube and on the website, of course, if you prefer the audio feed, check in the, in the description. There's a, pod, a link to the podcast feed. Every show that goes up on YouTube is put on the, is put on the podcast feed. This afternoon slash early evening, myself and Rob Coakley, we will be back. We're diving back into right a few days left of Week 17. Week 17 kicks off tonight with, my God, what a shit show of a game. No big, no big dog, no Derrick Henry. Malik Willis isn't even starting. Um, we may not get Tony Pollard. Just a mess. Week 17, what a mess. But lots of money to be won. You guys made the finals. I was lucky enough to make the finals in a few different in a few different spots. So was Rob. So we are going to get back onto week 17, start to preview, obviously, to tonight's game, but uh, the weekend of games, maybe some of what, you know, advance rates and exposures and everything uh, look like in the finals of these best ball playoffs. So for my dogs, for you guys, for Underdog and their wonderful playoff best ball contests, we'll see you guys a little later. Peace.